Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let us pray. We thank you, holy God, for gathering us here in this place today. We ask that you bless this church, bless these people, bless our country, that we would all be able to go out and do your will in Jesus' name. Amen. So any overpackers in the crowd? Yeah, we got a few. I, I confess that I am an overpacker. You know, when, when I'm getting ready to go on a trip, I throw everything but the kitchen sink into that suitcase. If it'll fit, it's going with me. Uh, you know, if I'm going to the beach in the summertime, I'm bringing jeans and a sweatshirt because you never know. If I'm going to the mountains in the wintertime, I'm bringing a swimsuit because you never know. I, I, if I'm going anywhere, I'm bringing, you know, tennis shoes and workout clothes because, hey, you never know. And I'm always bringing extra underwear because you never know. But... The truth is, despite the fact that I have packed half of my house in a suitcase, as I'm driving away to wherever it is that I'm going, I always have a, a nagging feeling that something's missing, that I've forgotten something. And there's good reason for that, because many times I have forgotten something. Yeah, I went to Senate Assembly uh, a few weeks ago, forgot a brush. Went to my parents the next weekend, forgot deodorant. But none of those are, are that big a deal, right? Because, I mean, a brush, okay, I got my hand. I'll just, you know, who cares? And deodorant, there was a drugstore. I was able to, you know, replenish that. But now other things I wasn't so lucky about, especially when we had younger kids, because Stacy would get the, the girls ready, and I was in charge of making sure that everything made it out of the house and into the car. And it usually did, or at least most of it did. Um... It was the time that uh, we got the phone call that Stacy's grandfather had passed away. We were living in North Carolina at the time. And, you know, she was getting everything ready. And, and, and I put it all in the car. And we made it all the way from the east side of Greensboro to south of Charlotte, right before the South Carolina line, when we realized that her dress was not there. We left at 6 o'clock. It was now 745. I had to turn around and go back get the dress, and then drive the four hours to Aiken from there. That was a good evening. Um, but that was nothing, nothing compared to the shoe incident. It was actually the 4th of July week. Uh, at the church I, I was pastor of before Pilgrim, every week they would take a church trip to Isle of Palms, the Coastal Retreat Center there. And as one of the pastors, it was my difficult duty to have to go and be paid for a, tree, a free trip with my family to the beach to minister to those people while they were there. Yeah, it's a rough life. Somebody's got to do it. But anyway, so Stacy packed the girls up and got them all ready, you know, packed everything that they were going to need. And I packed myself in, in my suitcase and got it in the car and everything's ready. And so we get to Isle of Palms and, you know, we're unpacking. And we had gone straight from church. And so, you know, Stacy was still in her church clothes and, I, I was kind of in mind, I guess. I probably didn't look like this. but uh, So we get there, and um, she says, where are the shoes? On my feet. Um, you know. No, the shoe bag. You know, the one that was next to the suitcases. There was a shoe bag? Yes. Where is it? Hmm, I'm thinking Lexington. <laughs> yeah, um, I forgot... The shoes, all of them were at home. Now, they weren't my shoes or the girl's shoes. They were Stacy's shoes, and Stacy likes her shoes. Uh, so I tried, I tried to, to, you know, 
appeased my, my wonderful wife and went to the grocery store, um, you know, there on Isle of Palms. I think it's a Harris Teeter now. And uh, bought some flip-flops, I think, for $2. She was less than impressed with the shoes that I had chosen for her. Um, but thank God for Rhonda Adams, who, who is now a member here at Pisgah. She took Stacy shopping and was able to acquire some, uh, some suitable shoes for the week that, uh, well, you know, she, at least Stacy got to go shoe shopping. But needless to say, the trip did not start off well because I was unprepared and, and my packing was inadequate. Now, have you ever gone somewhere and found yourself unprepared and maybe inadequate? It's not just packing for trips, because I'm sure we've all left stuff at home. But sometimes we go to school, you know, and get there and realize we don't have our homework or our iPad or our lunch. We go to work and realize that we've left a project at home or our computer or our lunch. Sometimes you show up on a new job, and it's not about the stuff you forgot. You just realize that you just don't have what they need. You don't have the skills, you don't have the education, you don't have the personality. You're completely inadequate for for what you're doing. Maybe it's just a party you show up at and you realize that everybody is dressed to the nines and you're wearing jeans and a ratty t-shirt. Unprepared, inadequate. You know, I'm wondering if that's how the, the disciples who were sent out in today's gospel were feeling. You see, it starts out, after these things. Let me tell you what it's after. Just before this, Jesus was going through a town, uh, a, a Samaritan town, that did not receive him. They didn't like him. They wanted him to leave. And so he did. But along the way, there's three people that came up to him. And, and one of them was like, hey, Jesus, I want to follow you. And Jesus says, that's great. But you need to realize that, you know, even though everybody has a place to lay their head at night and it's all comfortable, my trip ain't exactly comfortable. Nah, I'll pass. And then the whole time they're headed toward Jerusalem. Jerusalem, you know, where Jesus was crucified and killed. And and so somebody else comes up to him and says, Hey, Jesus, I want to go with you, but first I I need to bury my father. Jesus says something kind of strange. He goes, you know, let the dead bury their own dead. Follow me. Now, Jesus, I'll pass. And then somebody else came up and said, Jesus, Jesus, I want to go with you. Let me say goodbye to my family, and and I'll be right there. Dude, we got stuff to do. We got to go. No, thanks, Jesus, I'll pass. So realize that the air around them was showing how difficult this trip was going to be. How Jesus wasn't making any secret about the fact that, that this trip was going to be hard. And so he turns to those who are with him, the 70, and breaks them up into pairs and says, I need you to go ahead of me to all the towns that we're going to. And realize that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. There's a lot of people out there that need to hear that the kingdom of God is upon them, and there's only a few of you, but I need you to go. And then it said, I'm going to send you out like lambs in the midst of wolves. Now, I'm not a farmer, but that doesn't sound real, real fun. You know, it, 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 he let them know off the bat that there's going to be people out there that want to devour you. That want to destroy you. That will not receive you. That are not going to like you. This is what this trip's going to be like. But don't worry. Let me give you your packing list. 
Don't take a purse. Don't take another tunic. Don't take sandals. In other words, just go with the clothes on your back. Oh, and don't greet anybody on the way. You don't really have time for chit-chat. And when you get to somebody's house, if you offer them peace and they give it back to you, wonderful. Stay with them. But just know that some people aren't going to be so happy to see you. And they'll send you, they'll send you packing. And, and now, when you get there, you need to stay in the same person's house that, that you stay with. Don't go shopping for a better place to stay. Just because those people down the street have a swimming pool and have invited you to go over there for the weekend, or those people, they live on, you know, the Lake Genesaret, you know, with the nice lake house and the boat, that doesn't mean you get to, to, to leave their house and, and go stay there. You stay where you are. And also, eat what's in front of you. Look, some of you are going to have to eat some nasty stuff. People might be serving beets. I ain't going to lie. Eat what's before you. And so they went. And they said, Jesus even told them, some of them are going to reject you. And when they do, just shake the dust off, off your feet when you go. But either way, the message is the same. The kingdom of God has come near. It's going to be a tough trip. But then we hear about their return. And let me tell you, these people had had a wonderful trip. It was awesome. You know, it's like coming back from, from a cruise or from, from the mountains or Hawaii. Just, you know, one of those trips and you want to tell everybody about it. And they're like, Jesus, even the demons submitted to us. And Jesus said, I know. I watched Satan fall like lightning from heaven. But he says, and... And I have given you the authority to walk on serpents and scorpions. But know this. As wonderful as that is. What you need to be happiest about is that your name is written in the book of life. Now. The truth is. They were inadequate and unprepared to go. Just as you and I are inadequate and unprepared to do what we've been called to do. But what we hear in this is that no matter what, God gives us what we need to do what needs to be done. God provides us with what we will need to do what we are called to do. And even though we may not have the stuff that we think we need, even though we may think that we're not quite up to the task, God gives us what we need to do what needs to be done. And that's what we hear from this. Is that the, when these people went out, even the demons submitted to them. And you know they were feeling pretty good about themselves. Look at this. This is awesome. You know, look what I did. But what Jesus said, no, no, no. It's not about what you have done. It's about the fact that you have been saved. That your name is written in the book of life. Because see, when they went out with nothing... They were sent out unprepared and inadequate. And they knew coming back that the only reason that this was successful, the only way that they could have made it happen was through the power of God. And see, I believe that's why God often sends us out unprepared and inadequate. Because we know it's not about what we've done. It's about what God has done, can, can do through you and me. Because God can and God does. We may not be up to the task, but God is always up to the task. 
God can, God will, and God does. Through you and through me. It's amazing what God can do. And so first off, we have to trust in that. That's what, that's what them sending, Jesus sending them with nothing was all about. They had to trust that God would provide. That God would provide them with food. That God would provide them with shelter. That God would provide them with money. That God would give them what they needed. Because they couldn't. And God did. So as we go out and do what God's calling us to do, trust that God will provide. Look, you may be being called to something that years down the road. When I was called to ministry, I was still in high school. That didn't mean I got to just go up and be a pastor the next day. I still had to go to college. I still had to go to seminary. I had to do all of that. And let me tell you, I wasn't like the stellar scholar in the family. God gave me what I needed to do what needed to be done. That's what our Lord does. Because good graces, it wasn't based on my academic prowess. You know? But that's the way it works. And the second is, you go. You trust, and then you go. You go and you do what God's calling you to do. And see, that's step two and three. You go and you do. Do what you have been created to do. Do what God is preparing you to do. Do where you're being sent. And then come back and celebrate. Celebrate what the Almighty has done through you. Celebrate the, the fact that even though you had nothing, even though that you were unprepared and inadequate, that the Almighty Savior of heaven and earth has used you. Look, my friends. We may not have everything there is to have. I mean, it's a lot like congregations, you know. There are some congregations out there that, that have it all, right? They've got all the money, all the facilities, everything that's possible. And, and you know, that when, when they've got an event, it's not just an event. It is a spectacular occurrence, you know. And, and like, their VBS has, like, water slides. And, you know, they'll bring in Christian rock groups from all over. And they've got it all right there. And, you know, it's like Disneyland. But you know what? This past week, the harvest was plentiful, but the laborers were few. And, but the people that we had working, they did incredible things. And, and the many children and adults that came here, their lives were changed. Because God did amazing things, even though... We might, some might see it as inadequate or, 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 or unprepared. God used the gifts that were here to do amazing things. And God can use the same things through you. So, so trust. Go. Do. And then come back and celebrate. Because God is doing amazing things through you, through me, and through us. Amen.